All right, the cabinet shuffle being announced this morning up in Ottawa on Parliament Hill. Sometimes these things can be a bit of a snooze fest, and, you know, largely they are. There's someone who's, you know, shuffled from one small position to another small position, and a lot of it is about rewarding people for good behavior. Uh, others is about getting different regional development, different uh, diversity angles going on there. But there are a couple big-ticket items. Uh, the biggest one is the creation of the Minister for Border Security, that's going to former Toronto Police Chief Bill Blair, a really interesting position because it was only just uh, the other day that Gerald Butts, the sort of chief advisor to Justin Trudeau, was doing a, a tweet storm there against people talking about the border issue, uh, directing it at my colleague Lori Goldstein saying, to suggest that the border is not secure is just irresponsible, it's reckless. Okay, so you're saying the border is fully secure and then you guys create a minister for border security. What's going on here? Why did you do it? And and my kind of million dollar question that I have right now with this position is, has Bill Blair been brought in because they agree, they understand that they do have a serious problem on their hands and they need to deal with it? Or has he been brought in to not police the illegal border crossers, but to police those Canadians out there who are asking critical questions about it? Because remember, Ahmed Hussein is calling Lisa McLeod un-Canadian for this? Gerald Butts calling people alt-right. Justin Trudeau saying, sowing fear and division. He was saying that uh, just today at the press conference following this announcement for it. So what's going on with that file and for other issues on this uh, new announcement here, the Cabinet Shuffle? Lauren Gunter joining us now, Post Media columnist based out of Edmonton. Good evening, Lauren. Good evening. Uh, Thanks very much for joining us here on Global News Radio. Uh, What to you were the eventful items on this shuffle? Well, I mean, locally, of course, for us, it was the uh, the promotion or at least the, the sideways shuffle of Amar uh, Sohi, uh, Amarjit Sohi, to, uh, from infrastructure to natural resources, which makes him the pipeline minister. And so for Albertans, of course, the, uh, the pipeline is very important. But uh, I, if I were Amarjit Sohi, I don't think I'd want to be tagged with the pipeline as an Alberta politician who might in a year have to be reelected because anything goes wrong, including the pipeline not getting built, which I think is, is exactly where the Liberals are headed with this, uh, he's going to wear. So that that was the number one issue in Alberta. but uh, Lauren, let me ask you a little, yeah. little bit of a follow-up on that, because only at the top of the hour, we had uh, Jimmy Duncan, vice president from Ipsos, on to talk about these new poll numbers that show mm-hmm. Canadians are split, actually, now on whether it was right to nationalize the pipeline, 42% for, 42% against it. And I, I brought up your column that you wrote uh, the other month, how you were saying you don't think this thing is going to be built. And I wanted to ask you, do you still feel that way? You clearly uh, just said you do. Can you just explain why you're still uh, pretty sure that this thing really isn't oh, going to succeed. You remember two weeks ago there were a number of uh, headlines about Kinder Morgan releases uh, construction schedule for 2018. They didn't release anything. They said that for the next three or four or five months we're going to do some surveying and then after that we're going to do a little bit of site prep and oh by the way we're going to continue working on the, the terminal uh, on uh, Burrard Inlet in Burnaby and just in suburban Vancouver, uh, which is something they've been working on for three years now anyway. So they really were just confirming to the National Energy Board that they're going to continue doing the nothing they're already doing. So uh, that that coupled with a number of things that, that Liberal cabinet ministers have said, uh, you know, when, when they bought this thing in May, they said, oh, construction is going to start next week. 
And then slowly over the weeks since then, they said, well, you know, we can't really start it until the shareholders of Kinder Morgan approve the sale. And that won't be till sometime in August, and blah, blah, blah. And I just think that the, the liberals are in a position where they have to try and convince pro-development uh, uh, voters that uh, uh, that they're in favor of, of the pipeline. And at the same time, too, they have to avoid making uh, green voters angry. And so they bought the thing and then they're going to sit on it. So they can say, oh, look, look, we rescued it. Uh, but then they're not going to do anything on it. They're going to sit on it so they can say to environmental voters, well, you know, we're still examining the impacts on this, and we're not going to move until until there's uh, until we're 100% confident, sustainable, and environmentally friendly, et cetera, et cetera. So that's that I think is where they're at. And if I were uh, Amarjit Sohi, who's an Edmonton MP, I would not want to be tagged with uh, that balancing act. And it's funny because here in Ontario, we've got Doug Ford just winning provincially uh, for the PCs a lot of seats that the Liberals hold federally uh, in certain swing ridings. And Bill Blair is is, is sort of in, in, in that GTA area as well. And he has been held this uh, really hot potato file now, the new position of Minister for Border Security and Organized Crime. I neglected to mention the second half of that title. I, I'm, I'm optimistic in that I'm glad they've created a portfolio uh, for this issue. Uh, do you feel the same way? And I guess more importantly, do you think he's going to be successful at this? No, I think what I think what they've done with Blair is bring in somebody who has credibility in law enforcement. Uh, I mean, I'm never a huge fan of his from a distance watching him as, as the chief in Toronto. But he has because most people won't understand that he was in, involved in the mishandling of the G20 demonstrations, and he uh, he wasn't terribly effective in his anti-gang strategies. Uh, most people think, oh, wow, a former police chief, well, they must be pretty serious about this. And I think that this is simply a false front. They they brought Blair in to, to give the appearance that they're prepared to take the border issue seriously, but you correctly pointed out that just about everybody in the Liberal government in the last week, not not last year, not two years ago, but in the last week, uh, all the senior people who are involved in this file in the Liberal government have said it's un-Canadian, uh, it's, it's misguided, it's, it's divisive to, uh, to even suggest there's a problem. So I can't believe that since uh, all of those tweets and, and public comments were made, they've had a 180-degree turn and they now want somebody in there who's serious about patrolling the border. So I just, I think Blair, because he's a former police chief, they get to say, well, look, you know, we're, of course we're taking this seriously. We've put a former police chief in charge of the file, but they don't intend to do anything about it either. Yeah, no kidding. You're not the only one who's a bit skeptical. Conservative MP Lisa Raitt was on earlier with John Oakley, and she says saddling Bill Blair with so many tasks will not end well. Bill Blair has a massive job. He's got border security, he's got gangs and guns, and he's got the rollout of cannabis. All of these things are incredibly important to the functioning of Toronto, functioning of the GTA. It's the number one questions I'm getting as a member of parliament in Milton. And he, um, I don't know if he has the resources. I don't know if they're able to even figure out what the bureaucratic structure is going to be. It just seems to be that this is all a show for Justin Trudeau to be able to say he's doing something and there's no intention to get anything done. 
And we're getting cabinet shuffle reaction right now from Lauren Gunter, Edmonton Sun, uh, Toronto Sun columnist. Uh, Lauren, speaking about someone being saddled with a rather difficult job, I was, I guess, I don't want to say dismayed because it didn't surprise me. But Catherine McKenna, she's perhaps become the most controversial, perhaps the most toxic minister. We had Rod Phillips, the Ontario Environment Minister, on the program earlier today. He had a sit down with Catherine McKenna, said, you're not forcing this tax, a carbon tax on Ontario. And she pretty much said, just watch me. Yes, I am. That seems to be uh, how it went. What do you make of the fact that uh, Catherine McKenna has remained in this post and, and perhaps a couple other uh, uh, cabinet ministers who, who have been getting under people's skin? Yeah, I think that's fascinating. McKenna is, is not a very good minister. I, I don't mean that she's toxic or she's cranky or she's irascible when she talks. I just don't think she's a very good minister. I, she's not impressed me with the depth of her understanding of any of this when she is confronted by people of different opinions. Her her uh, response is not to explain things. It's just to say, oh, you, you're crazy. I, I, I'm going to have to deal with you. you you're just nuts. Um, and, and that shows on her part, I think, not a great depth of uh, understanding of the issue. She's, she's a rote environmentalist, meaning that she just regurgitates whatever it is that's been pumped into her head about climate change and and the environment and sustainability and and she hasn't got a, a deep grasp of of the issues um, so I, I don't think that that's a very good sign but but I don't think it's unexpected because I think you could say just about the same thing about the shallowness of the entire cabinet and, and they're virtue signalers I mean their their number one duty is not to actually solve a problem it's to simply signal that they have the right feelings about the solutions and so they see the issues correctly uh, they're they're politically correct they're virtue signalers and they're many of them not very deep uh, and, you know, I looked at a list of all of the things that have plagued the uh, Liberal government over the last three years. And if this is indeed, as a lot of people have suggested it is, the the last push before the election next fall, the fall of 2019, uh, usually what a government will do is it gets rid of the dead wood, it brings in some new faces, it uh, tries to spruce things up, make it look like they're still fresh and lively and full of ideas. Uh, but if you look at the list of things that have bothered Canadians, to the extent anything has with the Liberals, most of them come from the Prime Minister and from Bill Morneau, the Finance Minister. And both of them, of course, are still in their positions. So the, the Kokanee Grope, the India trip, the Aga Khan vacation, the claim that small business people are all tax cheats, the overspending and, and the deficits. Those are all things that come out of Trudeau and Bill Morneau. And both of them are still in place. So I'm not sure that this gives the Liberals a fresh start. And the, the other thing I will hope that the Conservatives will pick up on is, is just keep asking the question, were we really five ministers short? Yeah. Did we really need five new ministers, five more people getting paid ministerial salaries with ministerial staff and ministerial cars, offices? Really? We were five short? You've gone three <laughs> years now with, with being understaffed by five ministers? I just find this, all of it's very hateful. Lauren Gunter, I, I think that's a, a really good way to put it. I think we need the Bill Blair post, but I wish he'd actually get the job done, and that's what uh, we're, yep. we're currently unclear about. Lauren Gunter, thanks very much for taking the time to join us this evening. You, bet, Anthony. you can read Lauren and Son Post Media Papers. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. 
Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.